Hey everyone, welcome to episode 130, Banana Parenting. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. I actually make myself laugh when I come up with these topics because they just come through me and I just start talking and you all really like it because it's kind of like when we're teaching our kids, I've talked about this in the past, when we're teaching them math, when they're little, they don't know what two plus two is, but if you give them blocks or food or any type of tactile understanding of what you're trying to teach, it's like golden for kids. So the same thing works with our brain when we are trying to envision what in the world is this parenting thing all about? It feels very overwhelming. There's lots of emotions. There's lots of big emotions. There's lots of big feelings. There's lots of crying on both sides. There's lots of tantrums on both sides. There's lots of arguing. There's lots of happiness. There's lots of 50-50. And so because my brain only thinks in analogies and concrete things, I'm always thinking of like when I was teaching first grade, how do I teach reading? How do I teach writing? How do I teach math? How is the best way to reach this child who's super tactile? So I've kind of trained my brain. I don't know if that's the way I think or that's just the way I've trained my brain over all the years of teaching first grade because they're so literal. Today, even Grady, who's in fifth grade today, he said, can you imagine if you get fired from a job and they bring a lighter and they bring a candle to tell you that you're being fired? because he's so literal. I'm like, are you Amelia Bedelia's brother? He's like, I think I might be. They're very concrete, some more than others. I love this analogy to teach about what is detaching the ego and the inner child and all this esoteric stuff that we talk about. When you have a visual, it's like, boom, I get it now. It's like the eureka moment. I always talk about when I was doing Body Beast and I was doing chest and Dr. Shafali said in the book, it was audio, she said, your children are born with their own throbbing spirit here to teach you where you need to grow. And I was like, wait, what did she say? I had to rewind it and listen to it over and over. And I almost dropped the weights on my face because it was that transformative in that moment. And my friend Shar, she said, another line that helped her was, are you having dates with your soul? Are you having dates with your child's soul? And she was like, wait, what? Because she was so caught up in busy and doing and doing and doing. And I got to get them here and I got to get them there that she wasn't actually seeing them as a soul having human experience. She saw them as being a reflection of her and her worthiness and our value. Whenever we go to another human to make us feel worthy and whole, it is a lose-lose, especially when we do that with our kids. And that's very normal. That's what the brain does because it's so afraid of messing up this parenting gig. So that's why our emotions are running so high with our kids when they have emotions running high. It's kind of like if I yawn, you yawn. If we're playing the hokey pokey, put your right hand in, then they're going to put the right hand in. If you're playing Simon Says, they want to be just like you. So they are such a reflection of what's going on on the inside. And so we spend all of our time focused on our kids trying to fix them when nothing's wrong with them. Or we spend all of our time in personal development or listening to this podcast or reading books to try to fix us when nothing's wrong with us. We don't have to get our worthiness and our value from someone else or someplace else. It was given to us the day we were born. You can see that in the baby, but guess what? You are still that baby in the hospital, no matter how old you are. 
So banana parenting kind of goes into that about being and seeing yourself as separate, a separate soul having human experience, separate from your spouse, separate from your family, separate from your kids, separate from your family of origin. A lot of people had a lot of healing in the podcast we called Your Parents Lied to You because when you're little, you think everything your parents said was factual, but it was really just a reflection of how they felt about themselves projected onto you. So that's why banana parenting is super powerful because if our parents did it, guess what? We're doing that to our kids when we are enmeshed and codependent with them. So my kids, I don't know if your kids are like this, but they go through stages where they cannot get enough of a certain food. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, I'm not really feeling that. And I remember they were in those veggie straws. They were really into them. So I bought them from like Amazon in bulk, like, I don't know, 50 bags. And I was putting them in their lunches. They're so handy to have. And all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we're not really feeling those anymore. I'm like, what? What are we gonna do with these 50 bags of veggie straws? And then they do the same thing with bananas. Because usually before bed, if they're hungry, I'm like, banana or cheese stick, banana or cheese stick. That's what I usually say, because it's something they can bring in their room, something they don't need a wrapper. It's relatively healthy. It fills up the tummy. They've already had dinner. They're stalling anyway. So banana or cheese stick, well, they go through bananas like crazy until they don't. And all of a sudden we have these bananas that are just going down the drain. I'm throwing them away. And I'm like, wait a minute. So now I've figured it out. It doesn't matter if they are into bananas or not into bananas. Before I throw them away, right before they're about to go bad, I put them in the freezer. They're great for smoothies. So I learned the hard way. While I was trying to make the bananas last, because I could get them on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, they're not into bananas. And all of a sudden, Tuesday, they're really into bananas. And so I'm like, how can I make these bananas last longer? Because it's not like they're all or nothing. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not into them. Mostly Grady. Lily's not really into them anymore unless they're in her smoothie. But Grady sometimes likes to have a banana, peel it and eat it the quote unquote regular way. So I Googled, because we always Google all the things, how do I make bananas last longer? I wanted to know, what did Google say? Now, neither of my kids like them in the refrigerator. Apparently, if you put them in the refrigerator, they last a little bit longer. So I was reading all the different steps and there's lots of different steps, but this is not a podcast about how to keep your bananas lasting longer. You can Google that. One of the ways is to divide and conquer the bananas. Wrapping your banana stems as a bunch is a good start, which I didn't know that was a thing. But because there are gaps between the stems, some of the ethylene may still escape when the bananas are wrapped as a bunch. Okay, this is where banana parenting comes in. Dividing your bananas and wrapping them individually is the best way to prevent the ethylene from traveling down the fruit. Plus, when you're ready to eat your bananas, there's no need to unwrap the stems. Simply peel the banana from the opposite end by holding the banana by the wrapped stem. Okay, I don't wrap stems. I don't even know how to do that. I'm sure one of you can tell me, what is it, with wax paper or something like that? I haven't even read the whole article. I just wanted to find that part. So as I'm Googling that, this was years ago, I Googled that. I was like, oh, that's so fascinating. I had no idea. And then I was like, wait a minute. This is what we teach in conscious parenting, to be separate from the people within our four walls not using them to garner some sense of worthiness or value from another person within our four walls. Now, we did it naturally as a child because we didn't know any different. We always looked external for our value and our worthiness because we're so afraid of being a bad kid that we look to our parents, our teachers, our grades, our sports, our siblings, our peer group. We looked outside of ourselves to find that. So if your kids are doing that, they're completely normal. And guess what? We all did that and that's completely normal. Then we start to feel like, okay, I got a sense of self-efficacy that I'm good at this part. And then we put labels on ourselves. We might have someone else put labels on ourselves about how we were and how we behaved in the world and it meant something about us. So then we put these labels on us like little sticky notes and then we became more of that. 
That's completely normal. That's part of the human experience. That's part of growing up. So now our kids are doing the same things. That's why I'm always saying, be intentional with how you talk to a child because what you tell them, they believe. Just like the unicorn in Paris, Grady didn't even doubt that. So the same thing goes with banana parenting. I want you to think of your family dynamics. And and I always talk about the energy within your four walls and how you are in charge of only your energy within your four walls and nobody else. That's super empowering and it's also super overwhelming. And you're allowed to have bad days. You're allowed to have grumpy days. You're allowed to have all the days. Guess what? So are your kids. So once you allow yourself to have grace and grit within your four walls about how you're showing up, that sometimes you're hungry and you're a little cranky. Sometimes you're tired and you're a little cranky. Sometimes you just feel blah. Sometimes you don't feel like you're up to par. Sometimes you feel stressed out. All of the same things that our kids feel, except they don't get permission for some reason. It's like we feel overwhelmed with all the tasks that we have in life, but for some reason, our kids are not allowed to feel overwhelmed because we just want them to be happy kids and not be overwhelmed and just kids be kids. But they feel stressed. They just feel it in proportion to their age and their stage. When we know that, then we can connect on that level versus wanting them to be different or wanting them to be happy or wanting them to be always in a good mood and positive and excited about doing housework and excited about cleaning their room and excited about doing homework. They're just like us, just a small miniature version of us. And they're a human having a human experience just like we are. So when we can see our family system within our four walls as almost like we're in a hula hoop together and we all feed off each other, so to speak, and energy is very contagious, our kids are the yawning effect. They are the mirror effect to us and our spouse, but we can't control the spouse, can't control the kids. We just control the energy in which we bring to the table. Now, this does not mean that you have to be happy and always in a great mood and hello, I'm so happy to see you. Good morning. That's creepy and weird. We want to lean into the 50-50 of the human experience so we can allow our kids to do the same. And we're not pushing back that beach ball underneath water and pushing it underwater that things need to be happy all the time or they need to be calm all the time or they need to be peaceful or they need to be excited to do their homework or excited to empty the dishwasher. Think about bananas. You can still keep them on the banana plate, but you don't want to be attached at the top. So you put the bananas in a hula hoop, so to speak, and you're all a family system and your energy is very contagious. And our kids like their paper towel picker-uppers, they pick up on all of it, some more than others. Your highly sensitive ones, your ones that are super intuitive and they have strong empath skills and they have kindness within their heart, which all kids do, and it's always on a continuum, they are literally mirroring back to you what they're feeling within the four walls. So when you control your side of the street and how you're showing up in your four walls, then you are a separate banana on the plate and so are they. You still feed off each other and you still absorb the energy and the ethylene from each other, but you're not attached at the top where it's codependent and it's enmeshed and it's people-pleasing and worried about criticism and judgment and how are other people doing it because you're your own separate banana on the plate. You're going to do so much better than being tied at the top and sharing the ethylene directly if you're literally bound at the top together. Do you see how when you're on the same plate, It's not like you're detaching and leaving the fruit stand, so to speak. You just realize that you are your own banana, which sounds crazy to even say. You are your own banana and you can't control the other bananas. You just have to be the best banana that you can be and giving yourself grace and grit and experiencing the 50-50 and B minus of who you are and the essence of who you are. And when you allow that for yourself, your kids will mirror that for you. Your spouse will mirror that for you. They will yawn because you yawn, but they won't even know it because they're little They're impressionable. They're absorbing it all. This is why this is really good news. Because when you change how you show up and you leave your ego at the door, and the ego is just a scared little girl or scared little boy who's afraid of messing up this parenting gig, 
That's all eco is. It stands for edging God out. You're going to see the bananas as separate from you, but still attached with you because everyone feeds off each other, just like you do in Simon Says, and with yawning and energy and tone and how we say things and how we interact. This is why it's such a responsibility to show up in the way that we want to, because when we're conscious and intentional about it, it becomes super empowering. Instead of focusing on what you want your kids to do in life, you just focus on what you want to do in life, and then they will absorb it from you when they need to absorb it. We're not going on a different fruit plate. Their absorption rate is so much higher than ours because they don't have any point of reference. This is their first time being their age, just like this is our first time being our age. And this is our first time being a parent. I think our kids forget that we are just kind of winging it as we go. And we want to let them know that they don't have to be perfect and they can be B minus and they can be C plus. They can do all the things. And guess what? It doesn't reflect me and my banana. And you know how we always talk about the apple doesn't fall far from the tree? Don't worry about the apples. Spend time on your side of the street on what's going on in the tree, at the roots and the stem and rooting out any dysfunctional patterns that you absorbed from your upbringing. Not from a place of beating yourself up, from a place of, huh, that's interesting that I have that thought. And guess what? You get to rewire your own brain however you want to and show up in the way that you want your kids to absorb from you. And so you're still on the same plate and you're feeding off each other but it's from a different, more loving place. And you're detaching the ego and detaching the little girl and detaching the fear, detaching all that. So you can attach at the heart level and be the best banana you can be. And then it allows your kids and spouse to do the same because you're accepting them for who they are versus who you need them to be. So you can feel better because that is a lose-lose. If that worked, I wouldn't have been so frustrated my first five years of parenting. I was so frustrated because I needed everybody in my four walls to be different than they were. But my ego was so strong that I couldn't even look within like, huh, I wonder what they're absorbing from me. I spent so much time hyper-focused with they were under the magnifying glass. They were in the box, so to speak. And I was the lawyer and I was cross-examining them. I was so hard on them because I was so hard on myself. So when you focus on the relationship with yourself and improving that, then you don't become so needy and graspy with your kids to be or do or achieve or be something that they're not. You just let them be kids because you're your own banana. They're their own banana. And then what happens is that when they're grown and flown, they're going to have their own banana plate. And they're going to be separate from that. Not trying to fill all these H-O-L-E-S that came from being raised in a family where they needed to be and do and achieve to feel worthy and valued. They already know that that was given to them when they were born. So then the goal is to have them create their own banana plate and be separate from them versus a meshed, codependent, people-pleasing, love me, fill me up, make me feel good enough, make me feel good enough, make me feel good enough. No one can do that. It's an inside job. So you start living your life from the in to the out versus living your life from the out to the in. And when I talk about the ego, when I talk about the inner child, and I talk about the lower part of the brain or the primitive part of the brain, just know that that part of the brain wants control. It's literally desperate for control. That's why love and logic works so well with kids when they're little, because the little kids, as they're growing and they're developing into who they need to be, they want that control. No, mommy, I do it. No, daddy, I do it. That's why even though putting on the car seat is so much easier when we do it, they want to do it even though it takes 45 minutes for them to buckle in their car seat. Why is that? Because they want autonomy. They want to be separate from you. They want to be a separate banana. And that's normal. That's completely healthy. And so we let them do it when they can, but just know that they want control. And guess what? The battle of wills happens because they know that they already have their own throbbing spirit and they know that they have free will. And now they think that we are a danger to that free will and we are somehow taking that control away from them by buckling in their car seat. It's a smaller version of how we love control. 
I'm 47 and I am a control enthusiast instead of a control freak. But we all have a control freak in us. And control always comes from fear. And I always say the more we let go of control, the less fear we have. The more we let go of control, the more control we have. So because the ego, the inner child, the monkey mind, the primitive part of the brain loves that control so much, with banana parenting, you give it what it wants. Because that's why so many people love, oh, I just have to control my side of the street. That's where it becomes super empowering. You're not trying so hard to control other people within your four walls who already have their own free will. Now they are labeled as strong-willed or stubborn or dances to the beat of their own drummer. All things that what we're really trying to say is they have their own throbbing spirit. They have their own soul. They know they have free will. Their soul knows that. And so we're like, oh, okay. And you have that same free will. I have the same free will. And when we know that our free will was given to us when we were born, that's where we can get some of our control back because we're not so focused on controlling the other bananas, but we're controlling our banana and make sure that it's free from any patterns of dysfunction or not good enoughness that we're trying to get that filled from the other bananas. So this is super good for you control enthusiasts out there like me because then you're not gonna have the temper tantrums with them. And if you do, that's okay too because then you can say, oh, I know what it's like to have a temper tantrum. I just had one an hour ago. Then you don't see your child as separate from you. You see them on the same banana plate as you, but you don't see them as a reflection of you and trying to get something from them that they can't give you even if they wanted to. Think about the four walls in which you grew up in. If you felt a very strong loss of control, that you didn't have control over the environment, what happens is we grow up and then we want that control so desperately and we are finally given it like a fix, like a hit of something that gives us that shot of dopamine of like, I finally get the control that I wanted so much when I was younger and I could never get. So now we use our kids, our spouse, our house, our job, our income as a pawn to fulfill an unmet need that we didn't have when we were younger. Drop the mic, what the what? So go be an awesome banana and love on the other bananas. And when you focus on your side of the street, Life becomes super fun and super empowering and you're not so worried about the other bananas because you just get to love on them, not control them. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.